Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Hello and welcome to War Horses, the only college equestrian podcast that's currently working on a massive equestrian database to track rider performance. I'm your host, Auburn Elvis. Let's talk about some college equestrian. Meet Recaps. Now, we only had three meets this past weekend. The winter storms caused a pair of meets in the um, Midwest to get pushed back a little bit. SMU and TCU have rescheduled their meet for this coming Thursday. And Baylor and Oklahoma State bumped their meet from uh, Saturday onto Sunday. So we will talk about that one. It did happen. But, you know, this is just a sign that everybody's trying their best to avoid what happened last year with the Big 12 having to cram an entire season into just one semester. And then they lost a week because of winter storms on top of that. Anyway, let's start off with an easy one. Sweetbriar at Georgia on Friday. This was, of course, a jump-and-seat-only meet, so this was an opportunity for Georgia to get all of those riders back into action after the winter break. This was actually over at Sweetbriar, so that helped out a little bit, you know, getting ready to go on the road and getting used to that. Um, Georgia won this one pretty big. As expected, it went 7-3 to three in favor of Georgia. This win didn't mean a lot for Georgia in the overall scheme of things. It was really just a tune-up and the jumping seat for them. Now they're going to focus and get ready to host Texas A&M. Um, they really hope to pull the home upset there if they want to climb back out of uh, third place in the SEC. Looking at Sweetbriar, this loss is still a good experience for them. They got to host a big SEC team. They got some points against a top program. And now they're going to get ready to host Suwannee. But we're going to talk about those meets later. Next, we're going to move on to Saturday, and we only have one meet to follow, and that was Auburn at South Carolina. As you recall, Auburn dropped a pair of road meets in the fall, so they wanted to put out some good uh, rides here going on the road this spring, and struggling South Carolina turned out to be just the perfect way to get back into the swing of things. Now, when I did the matchup predictions for this meet live, it just didn't look good for South Carolina, even considering how well the Gamecocks did against Auburn in the fall. You'll remember that that meet was a closer-than-expected 11-8 to Auburn win. Now, uh, looking at Saturday's action, I actually had a Auburn favored in five of the matchups. Uh, Carolina was only favored in one, and then there were four toss-ups in the first half. Uh, in fact, some people thought my reigning predictions were not definitive enough, but keep in mind that the Gamecocks actually beat Auburn in reigning last time. Well, they did not do that, uh, this time. The Tigers took reigning 4-1 to one on Saturday, and then they went 3-1 to one on the flat, uh, so, and actually those were going to be their Gamecocks' best chance against Auburn, and so once those two produced a 7-2 to two halftime score, you knew this was pretty much over. But still, you don't want to let up and have another, you know, Oklahoma State situation for you. So, uh, on things went to uh, fences. Auburn only needed three more points to win the day, and in the matchup predictions, it seemed like a near certainty. 
I had Auburn favored for a sweep in horsemanship and to take care of about four points in fences. Well, Auburn went three to two over uh, fences. Megan Knappett caught her boot on one of the side of one of the fences, apparently. And frankly, I I blame the boot sponsor for that. And I'm sure that their stock price took a massive hit uh, for that. But hats off to Emma Kurtz for getting the MOP inferences. So then on over to horsemanship, you know, the the meet was basically over at that point. But we still have to do it because, you know, this is sports and you got to do this stuff. And uh, Auburn did not sweep the event like I thought. But they did win it four to nothing. So there was a, a tie there, which is pretty dang close to a sweep that I had predicted. Auburn's Olivia Tordoff took the MOP honors in the event, but really, you know, everybody was top-notch. So, yeah, um, we also need to point out that we need to say a special hello to returning starter Deanna Green for Auburn. She graduated last year, and it looked like she had put her college riding behind her, but I guess with some of the Tigers' uh, Western struggles that happened in the fall, Coach Greg Williams was able to reach out to Deanna and offer her another chance at some championship jewelry. Deanna started out in uh, both Western events on Saturday, and she got her horsemanship point, Uh, so good job. It's nice to see her back in orange and blue. For Auburn, what does this win mean? Well, it was a nice, convincing SEC win that keeps them right behind A&M in the SEC standings. The Tigers have an Old Miss uh, exhibition coming up this week, and then a dual discipline meet against Delaware State. Neither one of those looks to be super challenging, and after that, then they're going to get ready to uh, host... Texas A&M. And then, of course, they have that uh, end-of-the-season road trip over to Georgia that looks to be pretty tough. So Auburn's in a good place right now. For South Carolina, this loss, while it didn't guarantee a last-place regular season SEC finish, it all but did. Um, One more loss, and that's what's going to happen. I got to tell you, looking at their schedule, they really didn't lay out this schedule very well at all. Um, Starting out in the fall and going on those two difficult road trips where they didn't get a single win out of them, that was not great. And now they're just getting flattened here in the spring. I'm not sure they're going to get one win. Uh, They do have, uh, let's see, I think they've got Delaware State in a dual discipline and that one they'll probably get, although it is not guaranteed. Um, But that's about it for them. This is just not looking like a good year. Maybe they can rebound and, you know, go on a tear in the SEC tournament. Um, But mm -hmm, I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) On to Sunday's action. So here we had Baylor coming off a loss at A&M. So now they got to go on the road to top ranked Oklahoma State. Now, as we know, road trips have been pretty tough for everybody this season. But, you know, even though they lost last week, Baylor could still at least use that experience and try to say, okay, we can make some corrections here and get ready for the Cowgirls. Whereas, you know, Oklahoma State has been off for the whole winter, so they don't have anything to look back at. Well, when you go and you look back at the uh, how this thing, this meet went down for them in the fall, it was pretty close. Now, it was at Baylor, uh, so that's, you know, helped out the Bears back then. And so now you're thinking, well, can the Bears overcome that disadvantage of going on the road? Well, the meet started out pretty good uh, for both teams, really. I mean, it was a it was a tie at the half. Um, I didn't do an analysis during this because I had other stuff going on. I'm still working on that big uh, stats tracking uh, tracking database that I'm working on. And uh, but basically, at halftime, I did go back and look and com- start comparing. Well, how did this you know result look compared to last uh, the last time they faced? And back in the fall, the Bears took fences 3-2. to two. On Sunday, they lost fences 2-3. to three. So that's not good. 
Now, uh, and and actually, there was an, a very low score from Oklahoma State's Emma Pacnia. She got a 55 on fences, so she her boot must have caught something or knocked a gate over or something, or she knocked over the judge's dessert tray or something during her ride. Anyway, even with that, uh, they still only got two points away from Oklahoma State, so that kind of changed. You know, they didn't improve on that from the fall. They actually went the other direction. So, But they kind of made it back up in uh, in raining the next event because the Bears won that one 3-2, to two, which was an, an improvement from the fall where it was a, a two-all tie. So at the half, everything was knotted up 5-5, five, five, and you're like, okay, well, this, this Baylor's in a decent spot here. So we go on into the second half. First event here is horsemanship. And this is where the meat started to get away from the Bears a little bit. Back in the fall, this event went 3-2 to two for the Cowgirls, but on Sunday, it went 4-1 to one for Oklahoma State. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, and they basically, after this event, they were only two more points that they needed to win the whole day. And uh, actually, uh, the flat was taking a long time to get to the points round or something. So, basically, they only needed, uh, I think, one more point maybe? Yeah, well, one more point would put them into a guaranteed tie, and then two points would seal the day. Well, the way flat worked out, the very first point was a tie, and then Oklahoma State got the next point. So at that point, it was like, all right, this is it. It's over. And uh, I think Baylor got like two of the of the remaining three points. So anyway, the whole final score ended up being 11 for Oklahoma State and 8 for Baylor, which is close again, but it's a loss. So Oklahoma State, what does this mean for them? Well, um, you know, they're in the driver's seat for the Big 12 and the national number one ranking. They have a moderately challenging road trip coming up to UT Martin uh, this week, but uh, they're basically going to cruise through the rest of their season until their final meet, which is a road trip to Texas A&M, and we'll see how that goes. For Baylor... This was probably their last shot at, um, you know, staying up with Oklahoma State in the Big 12 standings. They're going to be chasing the Cowgirls for the rest of the year here. They probably won't meet them again until the tournament, which is over at TCU this year. Uh, The Baylor's remaining schedule is still kind of tricky. They've got to go out to California and ride against UC Davis and Fresno State. So, yeah, their schedule gets a little bit harder from here on out. Well, not harder, but it's definitely hard. Whereas Oklahoma State gets a lot easier from here on out. All of their uh, Big 12 meets from here on out are home meets, and then they just basically have that one showdown with a non-conference meet with Texas A&M. So we'll see how that goes. So that was the weekend's action. So we're going to all take a moment and consider just how much work it takes to run a podcasting, blogging, and video talking empire. And we're going to listen to Kyle talk as he tells you about the E2C Network. Take it away, Kyle. Hey, Auburn fans. I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, 
exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Great job, Kyle. Now, let's look ahead to this weekend's action. Weekend Previews We have a fair amount of teams competing, so if you are a fan of any of the following teams, wake up and pay attention. TCU, SMU, Suwannee, Sweetbriar, UC Davis, UT Martin, Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, Georgia, Baylor, Delaware State, Auburn, Sacred Heart, or Dartmouth. Wake up, y'all. Your team has a meet this weekend. Let's start off on Thursday. Everything's going to get started uh, with that rescheduled TCU at SMU meet. This is a non-conference meet, so um, they probably could have canceled this without too much loss, except that TCU is kind of in a position where they need every opportunity they can get to make their resume look better. Uh, They're ranked number eight right now in both the NCAA and the official Auburn Elvis rankings. And as you know, eight is the cutoff for the national championship tournament, so they really need to stay in the top eight. The Horn Frogs had victories over winless South Carolina, 2 and 3 UT Davis, 5 and 6 Delaware State and 4 and 5 UT Martin. So they haven't beaten a winning team yet. Um and if TCU doesn't get another win over a good team, one of the teams below them could end up jumping over them in the standings if they get a couple of big wins. So this is why I think TCU was willing to place this meet right in front of a trip to Baylor. They're basically desperate. So, can a desperate TCU team beat SMU? Well, Probably not. Going on the road twice in the same week is tough because the opponents aren't going to necessarily have the same event patterns that you're going to ride. And so your team, the one going on the road, is dividing their practice between a set of patterns while those home teams, they're only practicing on their own patterns. So when you add to this the fact that SMU rode really well last week against UT Martin Delaware State, this is probably going to be an SMU win. TCU you know, their Western team is pretty good. That'll give them a chance. They won each of those 3-2 against SMU in the fall, but their chances are pretty much going to live and die on the jumping seat, particularly over fences, and they're going to need to bag at least two of those points and not give away more than three on the on the flat, which they haven't been able to do really against SMU. But we'll see. If they do that, then yeah, they might get them enough points to upset SMU. I doubt it, though. I think the Mustangs are probably going to win convincingly. I think it's going to be about 13-7. to 7. Moving on to Friday, uh, let's see. We've got Swanee at Sweetbriar. On paper, this looks like it'll be another uh, Sweetbriar beatdown. But hold on now. We saw that Sweetbriar got upset by a new school back in the fall. Could it happen again? Probably not. Uh, Sweet, Swanee's good, but they probably won't get more than three points from Sweetbriar in a four-on-four meet or four points in a five-on-five. So we'll see how it goes, but my money's on Sweetbriar. Next up is UC Davis at UT Martin. This is a big deal ECAC meet. Both of these teams are sitting right below TCU just waiting for a chance to leapfrog the Frogs. And I think UT Martin will win this one since it's at their home. Um, it'll probably be close, maybe about a one-point win that goes down to the final ride. After that, UC Davis will ride against Oklahoma State. 
We saw the Cowgirls drop a neutral site meet to SMU back in the fall, but I just don't think UC Davis has the firepower to pull that off here in the spring against Oklahoma State. I think the Cowgirls are going to win this one by about uh, four or five points. Then, looking on to Saturday, our big meet of the weekend is Texas A&M at Georgia. This is big, y'all. It is going to show whether A&M is really the best team in the SEC right now or if they were just the beneficiaries of some timely home meets back in the fall. Personally, I kind of think Georgia will pull the upset here. When these teams faced off in the fall, the Western events killed the Bulldogs. If Georgia can improve the Western performances to something respectable, then they could get this win. Uh, the one thing that's going to help A&M is that even though this is a road meet, it is the only one of the weekend for them. In the past, they have doubled up Georgia with either a meet against Auburn or SMU, or sorry, uh, South Carolina, and that is a brutal combination. Taking these SEC opponents one at a time is really the way to go. So I'm going to say this will probably be a close Georgia victory, probably 10 to 9 or something like that. So we'll see. After that, we have TCU traveling to Baylor. Keep in mind that the Frogs will have just ridden against SMU, so I expect Baylor to do well at home against a team that hasn't had as much time to work on the patterns and stuff. I think Baylor wins easily here, probably something like 14-6. to Then we have Oklahoma State at UT Martin. I think the Skyhawks are going to give it everything they've got, but still come up a little bit short against a deep cowgirl squad. I think uh, OSU probably wins this one by about three or four points. The last meet of the day is Delaware State at Auburn. Oh yeah, I think Auburn's going to have an exhibition on uh, Friday. I didn't really put that in my notes, but uh, that one doesn't count. And normally they start a whole bunch of girls who don't normally start, and they're just going to destroy Ole Miss. Anyway, back to Delaware State at Auburn. Delaware State got blitzed by SMU a week ago, and I don't think they're going to fare much better against Auburn. The Tigers look like they're getting better, and I doubt the Hornets will get much more than about four points uh, from Auburn. Then we have one more meet on Sunday to look forward to. Sacred Heart versus Dartmouth. Sacred Heart, SUNY, New Paltz, Swanee, and Dartmouth are all kind of at that same level. Um, so this one's probably going to come down to a 4-4 four to four or 5-5 five to five tiebreaker situation. I kind of think Sacred Heart is a little bit better, but since it's at Dartmouth, maybe they'll win. I really don't know here. But I'm just going to say, you know what? Dartmouth wins. Go mortgage your home. Everybody go bet big on Dartmouth. I'm sure that's why 90% of y'all listen to this is for college equestrian gambling advice. So yes, lock of the week, Dartmouth over uh, Sacred Heart. News and other stuff. So we had a little bit more news about the national championships down in Ocala. First, uh, that place, the World Equestrian Center, is just dang big, y'all. It is like an amusement park of horses stuff. Um, in the schedule, when you look at it and you can see when all the stuff is, all the events are going to be happening, all of the jump and seat events are going to be in one of the covered arenas near the big hotel in the middle of the complex, and all of the Western events are going to be in another building almost a half mile away. That's how big this place is, y'all. Apparently that other arena has a special floor underneath the dirt that makes it better for Western riding or something, something, something. But yeah, the place is really big. 
Now, they rent you golf carts that you can get around in, but it's like 90 bucks a day. So I'm actually looking at a different option. This place has like actual streets in it. So what I'm looking at is I actually have some relatives in Ocala and I'm talking to them about borrowing a bike and I'm just going to have a bike and bike around the complex because, you know, what else are you going to do? I ain't going to pay 90 bucks for no darn uh, 90 bucks a day for a golf cart. Anyway, another thing that the NCA announced, uh, the tournament bracket will be five riders per event for the dual discipline teams this year. And I think this is the first time it has ever been five riders, you know, like you see in most of the regular season meets. This is great news for Auburn and any of the bigger, deeper teams. Whenever a meet is just four on four, uh, the teams that don't have as much depth can really stay with those bigger teams. And that's kind of a decent part of why Auburn lost to Baylor last year in the first round. It's also why you tend to see the SEC runner-up ends up winning the national championship more than the SEC champion does. Well, that's probably not going to happen this year. Now, the team of the best five riders per event is probably going to be the best team in the uh, postseason as well. Whereas normally, you kind of have to cut it down to just four riders, and so that can make a difference. This is something I thought that they have needed to change regardless of who it benefits. It's just the right way to do things. Can you imagine if they did this for like, you know, basketball, like you go the whole season with five people on the court, but then when you get into the March Madness, somehow you only play with four people on the court, people would riot. This is crazy. Somehow College Equestrian has been doing it that way. But anyway. Oh, also, I want to take a quick moment and give a shout out to our Mimo Peas this weekend. On Friday, Georgia's Haley Murano won the Mimo P for beating Sweetbriar's Britt Larson Jackson. On Saturday, Auburn's Deanna Green won the Mimo P for her return to the saddle and her horsemanship point against uh, someone whose name I did not write down. And on Sunday, the Mimo P is Oklahoma State jump seat rider Sydney Ziegler for her points of two points. She got two points in that meet in their victory over Baylor. So, so be sure to keep an eye out for more of those on Instagram and Twitter, as well as all the matchup predictions and cool stuff that I do during the we- the meets during the week. Well, that's all for this episode. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. I thank you very much for listening and War Horses. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.